Above Nation. Let's go. Wishing everyone out there a meaningful and impactful uh, MLK Day as we uh, yes, all do our MLK best Day. to honor Dr. King today. Absolutely, man. It's a cold and snowy one here in Denver, Colorado. Zero degrees, and that makes it even more impressive and I think really cool uh, that the whole team today bust down here to Denver, Colorado yep. uh, and went to, I believe, Denver Rescue um, or something along those lines to uh, help serve some of the homeless people uh, of Denver uh, and uh, brighten up their day and Certainly, I think everyone could use it on a after a weekend and a day like this with this weather. With character. With character. Amen. We're presented by Illegal Pete's, everyone's go-to spot for burritos, buddies, and beers. It was another eventful, uh, news-packed weekend for Coach Prime's Buffs. First team meeting uh, yesterday. We saw lots of familiar faces, some that I don't think we expected to see, yep. and some new faces, too. Yeah, it's. I love that. Uh, that's the way we learn about things. It's yeah. just like you got to tune in. Uh, whoever tunes in first when it drops gets to break the news. Yep. Um, there's some stuff there that we had kind of heard about, mm -hmm. but you know, as as we've told you guys before, we can't always share everything right when we hear it. Um, but also some stuff that we hadn't. So let's start off. Then let's just go down the list and knock these things out. Offensive coordinator is going to be Pat Shermer. Yeah, and, and it's funny, like, the amount of times I've had to read people freaking out about this. Like, in the way that this um, news has kind of waterfalled out, it has been, I think now, at least three, probably four different times where everyone lost their minds. Mm -hmm. First one was when he was originally promoted. Yep. Second one was after the season when Coach said like yeah i think it's likely or he has a good chance everyone freaked out then right then he said at one point he will probably be the oc everyone freaked out again and then yesterday it becomes official and everyone freaks out one more time here's my philosophy on this uh and i don't expect everyone to uh, ride along with me on this but it's just the way that i approach sports and i personally think it's the best way to do it doesn't mean i'm right but is how i think have optimism Take, give Pat Shermer a chance. Yes. What he did with the Denver Broncos is so far removed from what he's going to do with the Colorado Buffaloes that, in my opinion, it's not worth it to put all this negative energy out into the world over a poor experience you had in the past. Um, you know, Pat also, I don't think, was necessarily um, loved by the media when he was here. He's a very kind of straightforward um to the book kind of guy he's not uh not the type that wants to you know joke around or have fun with the media uh and i think <laughs> no. that uh, impacted his kind of reputation mm -hmm. in denver but to me why not give him a clean slate give him a fresh start he never had a quarterback of the caliber of shador sanders uh while he was the coordinator of the broncos he was you know at the bottom of the league in terms of quarterback quality rather than the top of the league right um you know people also want to hold last year against him last year wasn't really his offense he was calling sean lewis's plays the best he could with what was already installed maybe installing a little bit um but my whole thing is like <laughs> i would rather give pat Shermer a, a true fair shot mm -hmm. and you know 
be disappointed or wrong afterwards uh, than I would to just take a negative. You know, I had someone say, like, this has just killed all of the excitement I had over next season. And it's like, why are you letting that happen? Don't let that happen to you. This is this is a, a Jimmy's and Joe's game. Yep. X's and O's play a real role. But I think the Jimmy's and Joe's on offense are pretty fucking good. No so doubt. personally, I'm going to say that I believe Pat Shermer is going to do a great job next year. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. And, and, and I'll, uh, I'll eat that. But I, I think that's such a better approach than going through, what do we got, six months of offseason less, maybe even more. More. Um, going through all that time with a, with a negative outlook. I mean, you just nailed it. Uh, MLN had a comment, too. People freaked out when he was hired as an analyst. Yeah. Uh, people lost their no, minds. We're up to five. Then. Yeah. Uh, but I you, think they also freaked out when he spoke that one time. Um, yeah. In front of the media, like before. Yeah. Uh, like before the season. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just exactly what you said. It's about the Jimmy's and Joe's, not the X's and O's, uh, especially in college football. Yep. Um, we know how good and how talented Shador Sanders is. He's going to enter the Big 12 as probably the best quarterback in the conference yep. now. Um, so when you have that, it makes so much everything so much easier. It makes the run game easier. Um, it's probably going to be a lot of different stuff. You heard Jimmy in the team meeting talking about fast, and he brought up, you know, last year we ran a fast tempo. We don't know this year, but just judging by the end of last year, they really slowed it down. They huddled a lot more, especially against Utah. And I'm expecting to see a lot more of that. I think it'll be a lot more pro-styled. I think they'll keep some of the uh, spread and no-huddle aspects of the offense installed so they can get to that if they want. But it's going to be somewhat different. But look, Shador's very comfortable with Pat Shermer. Uh, we've seen that on Well Off. He's spoken highly of him. And Coach Prime has his trust in him. So why don't you have your trust in Coach Prime's trust? Uh, and that's, I think, what people don't, grasp about this hire especially the broncos fans who don't really care about the buffs who are just right helicoptering in to be like lol you are pat Shermer, what idiots um i don't think people understand how important relationships are and i think that relationships are even more important as it relates to football when it comes to coach prime mm -hmm. um when you've been on top of the world like he has you realize who's really with you and who's not and who's just trying to catch the wave and once you have enough experience with that, you really value the people that you believe are there for you. Um, <clears throat> you know, Coach Hart is a perfect example of someone who has been with Coach Prime forever. He trusts him entirely. And because of that, I want, I want Coach Hart around forever, mm -hmm. you know. Um, with Pat Shermer, it's clear that he earned not only the trust of Coach Prime, but the trust of Shador last year. And that is about as two, the two most important relationships for an offensive coordinator. Got to have the trust of the head coach. You got to have the trust of the quarterback. And yep. you can go a long way with those two things on your side. So take a little bit of a deeper look as to why this happened. And honestly, I think it would be... It goes against what a lot of people think about Coach Prime. You know, he's just doing it for the media attention or he's all in it for himself and those sorts of things. When it comes to, you know, playing for clicks, yeah, Colorado definitely could have hired an offensive coordinator that would have gotten them a lot more positive definitely. Uh, headlines. 
No doubt. You know, Brendan Marion's still at UNLV. Right. Uh, had they gone that direction, people would say, oh, my God, Coach Prime, he's hiring one of the most innovative offensive coordinators in college football. And to, to be honest, he did that last year. Exactly, yes. He went down that road. He hired off of recommendation mm -hmm. rather than personal experience, and it didn't work for him. So how could you not understand him saying, okay, I'm going to take someone who has all the experience in the world, who I know, who I trust, and who we're going to be able to get on the same page about how we want to call things and put all that other stuff that I just mentioned, the publicity, the headlines aside to do what you think is best rather than what you think is most exciting or whatever word you want to use. I mean, we just got to remember, this is Dion Coach Prime Sanders. This is one of the greatest football players who's ever lived, a Hall of Famer, and he wants to bring this NFL atmosphere to Boulder. And he's doing that with this coaching staff, and he's trying to treat the players like they're pros. He said that in the team meeting. Um, and just having all these young kids learning under all this experience, this NFL experience, is going to get them ready for the league, which is where they all want to go. And it's, I mean, it's a united common goal that we're seeing across the coaching staff. It's about NFL quality, NFL experience. The kids are going to rally around that. Um, and they're probably going to grow as football players because of that, too, because they're going to get a level of teaching that you may not get at another school. Yep, absolutely. We learned to, uh, well, I don't know how to, we learned both at the same time, I guess. Yep. Uh, wide receivers coach is going to be Jason Phillips. Yep, this is something we heard about um, a month or so ago. A, a while ago. Yeah, so <laughs> this has been in the works for a while. Uh, Jason Phillips was offensive coordinator uh at Jackson State for a time, also wide receivers coach uh, at Jackson State for a time, uh, played in the NFL uh, with Coach Prime. Yeah, in Atlanta. Yep, overlapped with Coach Prime. Another guy uh, that Coach Prime is kind of reaching into the foxhole here. Mm -hmm. Who, who's coming in the foxhole with me? Who do I know will be in there with me? Um, it's a little interesting from the sp standpoint of, I thought Brett Bartoloni did a great job with the wide receivers last year, but I think it's one of those things... Um, whereas like coach prime really wanted to add Jason Phillips to the staff. Uh, and he felt that coach Brett would do a great job coaching the tight ends and coach Phillips would do a great job coaching the wide receivers. So it's kind of a win-win there. And then I don't know this for sure, but if you read between the lines, um, of the video yesterday, coach Pollock, when he introduces himself, yeah. says, I'm going to be helping Coach Brett out with the slot receivers and tight ends. Uh -huh. So it could be like a shared... Brett's title might end up being tight end slash slot receivers coach. Mm -hmm. So he can keep... not necessarily like If he wants to be a long-time receivers coach, he can not have a gap in his resume there. Sure. Uh, so Jason Phillips has coached a lot of football over 20 years of experience. Uh, most recently with the Hamilton Tiger Cats, I believe, in the CFL. Yep. Before that, as you said, spent 2021 with Coach Prime as co-OC and wide receivers coach at Jackson State. And then before that, spent time at Utah State, Oregon State, Kansas, SMU, Houston, Baylor, uh, Houston again, Texas State. So very experienced. He was a former college football player at Houston, was a 10th-round pick in the 89 NFL Draft. Um, had s some success in the NFL. Um, wasn't really an impact player, though. But he was an all-SWAC, or all-Southwestern uh, Conference, sorry, um, football player when he was in college. Uh, Southwestern Conference went hard. Yeah? Yeah. 
way before my time. <laughs> I mean, that's, you know, you've probably seen Pony Express, haven't you? Yeah, of course. Yeah, that's yep. Southwest Conference. Uh, he was Southwest Con- Conference Co-Offensive Player of the Year in 1988. Wow. And then you just said it to uh, another one that we've known for quite some time, Brett Bartoloni. I just have to say this on Jason Phillips. I apologize to anyone who tweeted at me yesterday saying, like, who is this guy? But Google is available. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, come on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we've known this one for quite a while. Brett Bartoloni is going to be the tight ends coach uh, for CU this upcoming season. He's a great coach. I don't think there's any uh, concern about that at all. We saw, as you mentioned, what he did with the wide receivers. Tight ends is one of this, the biggest positions of need on this team. Yep. So it makes sense to me to put one of your better, more experienced coaches at a position that needs help in not only uh, bringing guys along, new guys along, but just developing talent in that room. You know, we still have guys um, like Louis Passarello in there who yep. were supposed to be, play a big role last year. Uh, so if he can take his development up even another notch – we might have another solid player at tight end who's going to be ready to just go right into the starting lineup potentially. Yep, and it, it's a a thin room most likely. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think they're going to add like a bunch of bodies to tight ends. So it's another reason why it might why it makes sense to maybe give Coach Brett you know double duty, mm-hmm. uh, allow him to coach some of the uh, wide receivers as well. Um, in the end, Brett's a super dynamic coach. Uh, he is a fantastic recruiter. He's a fantastic coach. He's a fantastic person. Um, if you talk to like family members of players on the team, like all of them know coach Brett, they all Mm -hmm. like him and it's kind of, uh, unique, I would say in the sense that not everyone, not a lot of times when someone's a position coach, to do all the family seem to know him. So right. uh, he's going places in this business, and uh, I'm glad he's he's with us right now. Uh, someone in the comments says, feels like Brett got demoted. I'd say this is the sign of being an up-and-coming coach. I feel like when you stay at one position and you just kind of coach that position, you kind of pigeonhole yourself. Cast, yeah. yeah. But if you diversify yourself, like you are setting yourself up to be a head coach someday. Totally. If you are coaching multiple positions, he's already called plays before at Jackson State. Uh, he was obviously one of the candidates that we thought uh, was one of the favorites for offensive coordinator this year. So he's very highly thought of, especially in that building. And I think he's going to be a name that you see doing big things down the line in the future. 100%. And it's not a demotion. No. A few more things. <clears throat> Two coaches were missing. Uh, we'll start with this one. No coach Sal right now. Yeah, uh, and there's a lot of chatter about this in the chat right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll say this. Coach Sal is still a part of the coaching staff um, for now. And and that's what I'll say. Yep. Uh, he's dealing with some stuff. Well, that and wasn't it just right after the season, it was like rumored he was going to go to Charlotte? Mm-hmm. So... We'll find out. Again, we're in mid-January, guys. I don't think the Charlotte thing has anything to do with this. Either way, it's like there's still decisions being made, obviously. Like, we're eight months away from strapping it up and playing a game. Yes. There's plenty of time. And defensive linemen commits have been coming in. Yes, but 
Coach Sal has not left and he has not been fired. Yes. Um, we'll see. Coach Sapp wasn't there either. We don't really know what's going on with him still. And then Coach Prime gave an update on the defensive coordinator. Basically told the guys what we've already said about trying to create an NFL atmosphere in Boulder. He said that he could have rushed it. He could have had someone in that meeting if he really wanted to. Uh, but he wants to get someone that these players deserve that will coach them up, that will get them to the league. And then he also dropped the line, the NFL season's coming to an end. I think we're getting someone who's coaching the NFL to, play, to uh, be the D.C. Yeah, Jake, I talked to a lot of people over the weekend about what's going on with Colorado's defensive coordinator uh, position, um, especially before this video came out. And essentially, this is what I learned. Um, of course, everyone remembers when Coach Kelly left, there was immediate kind of reporting and buzz that Colorado already had someone in mind. Mm -hmm. uh, and it almost sounded, uh, I think some people even said, like, it's a done deal. Yeah. An announcement coming soon. Well, from my understanding, this is what I was told, uh, there was that. It's a person that they had lined up. They had had conversations when it became apparent that Coach Kelly was probably going to take another job. Uh, and obviously, you want to go through a thorough search before you kind of nail someone down. And once the news got out that Colorado's defensive coordinator position was open, interest started flowing in. Um, and so not only did they have a kind of leader in the clubhouse and some other people they wanted to talk to before they made a move, but then people that they might not have even thought would have been interested mm -hmm. all of a sudden start popping up uh, and kind of throwing their hat in the ring of, hey, I'd like to be considered for this. And so it went from what, what seemed like it was going to be a quick search to a very uh, expansive search. A lot of conversations had, uh, and I think, you know, as Coach Prime then said in the video, like, I'm trying to make the best decision, not the quickest decision. Um, there's no practices uh, for a while here where you're going to need your defensive coordinator out there installing. Um, and so I, I still think it's kind of uh, Coach Prime deciding between a couple different names. Mm -hmm. uh, and. I'm not sure how many, if anyone really knows uh, which way he's leaning more other than him. I don't think so. I mean, we could throw names out here right now, but again, we don't know this one. I don't think many people really know this one. Mm -hmm. I don't think Coach Prime knows for sure yet. Yeah, exactly. And I think there is, at least from the conversations I had, they a favorite, um, a, you know, potentially, or at least a perceived favorite. Mm -hmm. I still don't know who that is. Uh, but there's certainly a lot of decisions to be made, and I think people will, uh, f from my understanding, be, be excited with any of the names. Definitely. Some other things we learned, uh, guys coming back, it seems. Shane Cox, Levante Bentley, and uh, Savion Wilkerson, all in the meeting. Great. Great. Uh, all players who can help next season. Uh, a lot of new faces showing up in Boulder, too. It's an exciting time. It's well off season again. It is. And well off was in Paris? Yeah, Shador and uh, Shiloh, I think, are in Paris right now. Doing some sort of uh, Louis Vuitton collaboration? Yeah, I think they're, like, walking tomorrow, like, or something. Like modeling? Yeah. That's crazy, but great for them. <laughs> uh, big seats here. Tons of guys are here. 
Yeah, it's uh man, comes around quick. Very quick. It inspired me to start putting together my plan, my master plan for next season uh, that I've been working on in in my head mm-hmm. for months. Now I gotta uh, put pen to paper and uh, get the get the wheels in motion. All right. <laughs> that last part's a hint. <laughs> Big hint. Shout out to our friends over at Breckenridge Brewery. Breckenridge Brewery has a beer for any occasion. There's no better way to watch a game than having some Breck Brew. You can try out some of our favorites, Mountain Beach Sour, Avalanche Amber Ale, Ma High City, Golden, Broncos Country Pale Ale. Um, it's a bit chilly out, so maybe you want a Vanilla Porter Jr. Something to warm you up from the inside. Check out their beer locator at breckbrew.com to find a brew near you, or come on down to the DMVR bar. Christmas Ale, Beer of the Month, $6 for a pint. We love Breckenridge Brewery. What else? Uh, Legal Pete's. Big shout out, Legal Pete's. Your go-to spot for burritos, buddies, and beers. And one of those places that would hit right today. Oh, yeah. Um, like chips and queso. It's just like some piping hot queso. Mm-hmm. Oh, that sounds fantastic right now. Uh, but get on down there, no matter the weather. It's also, I mean, it's one of those few things that's like good warm weather, weather, good warm weather food and good cold weather food. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can get some like fish tacos yep. like a summer day with a margarita or like you said maybe you're going with like a stout and a burrito just like gotta love that place so head on down to illegal Pete's if you haven't already you gotta check it out everyone we talk to we don't have to plant it we just say what's your legal Pete's order everyone yep. has an answer that's uh that's Colorado for you and everyone new that comes in always has their like illegal Pete's like light bulb moment where they realize just yep it's goaded we got two linebackers over the weekend. We'll get to Jed Fish and all that, uh, too. Uh, but the first one on Saturday, Jalen Wester, LeJonte Wester's younger brother, committed to Colorado. Also, a uh, former Florida Atlantic Owl. Played in 11 games last year at 53 total tackles, 7.5 TFLs, one sack, two passes defensed, one forced fumble. Was a lower-rated recruit. Uh, out of Palmetto, Florida. Uh, we talked about him quite a bit already. This writing's been on the wall with him. Obviously, his brother came here. Yep. He followed shortly after. Slightly undersized, but kind of in the, uh, I guess, Trevor Woods mold. Um, we, he obviously was converted to linebacker at some point during the li- middle of the season last year. Jalen Wester has similar measurables, six foot. 200 pounds. Some people have said he's up to 220 at this point. Um, so we'll find out about that. This is just what FAU had him listed at. But you lose uh, DJ Lundy, you bring in um, Jalen Wester. Yeah, this one's huge. This one, it, it was really important for them to fill this um, run stopping linebacker role. Uh, obviously, a little bit of difference in size here, mm-hmm. but not much in production. Uh, and according to PFF, who, as you know, we hate them when they're, <laughs> when they don't say good things. We love them when they do, uh, this one, we love them. They rank Jalen Wester number one out of 807 graded linebackers in run defense grade with a 94.2, uh, an 84.5 overall defensive grade, which is 26th out of 776. Uh, and then, you know, a little bit of a setback with a 68 coverage grade. You can imagine what this player is right mm-hmm. uh very good coming downhill serviceable uh in coverage but 
the DJ Lundy was another one who was fantastic against the run. And as soon as I signed him, we're like, okay, well that makes sense. They struggled stopping the run last year. Go mm -hmm. bring in a great run stopping linebacker. That's what they get here in Jalen Wester and Jake, the theme continues family business. It is It's family business. I, I think that might have to be the theme of the 2024 season. Family so business. We have three sets of brothers. Shadorn Shiloh, yep. uh, the Wade brothers, the twins, yep. and then now LaJonte and Jalen Wester. We did have victory and champion. That's right. But not anymore, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's it for now. But it's so perfect because, right, like, Coach Prime's all about family. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got his whole family here. It's not just Shador and Shiloh. Bucky's obviously a part of the program as well. Uh, you know, um, Shiloh Mai is on campus as well. You have the brothers, football is family. It's, yep. it's like the uh, Shador and Shiloh are getting ready to like enter the family business of mm -hmm. making money off of football at a high, high level. Obviously, they're making money right now, but 2024, it's family business. It is. We also had another one. I'm assuming this is a preferred walk-on, uh, but Gage Goldberg, son of the Goldberg, former Georgia player, former NFL player, uh, very athletic family, obviously. Former WWE superstar. Yes. Um, he has committed to Colorado. Again, assuming this is a preferred walk-on, he's a 2024 kid, six foot, 205 pounds, uh, during his senior year, out of Born Champion, that's in Texas, he had 154 total tackles with seven and a half TFLs, eight hurries, four forced fumbles, one sack, a blocked kick, and a safety. And now, oh, so I guess Goldberg was on the Falcons too. Nice. So another link to Coach Prime's playing career. Uh, got some quotes here from the guys over at Buffs Beat at Sports Illustrated. Check this out. Uh, I thought this was true, but I had to look back. Um, 2011, he was a senior. Uh, the Buffs had David Goldberg, mm -hmm. who is Bill Goldberg's nephew. Yep. So uh, family, family business. business, baby. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, he said this about coming to Colorado. Uh, Gage did. He said the main draw was that Colorado has an amazing coaching staff and obviously a great head coach that will help me excel in every way to become a better football player and eventually get me to the next level. He said my dad's advice was to go to the program that stands out to you the most and the one that you know you will love. I already know at this moment that I will love Colorado and it will also be great to be learning from one of my dad's best friends ever. How about that? You ever notice how many people describe uh, Deion Sanders in that way? A lot of people. A remarkable amount of people. Mm -hmm. um, even if you just go from like best friend to like great friend, yeah. I feel like there's only like, I don't know, 10 people in my life that would say that about me. Maybe <laughs> more. Less. Uh, it feels like there are hundreds of people who refer to Deion Sanders as great friend or best friend or longtime friend. Mm -hmm. um, there's a reason for that. He's an elite relationship builder. Yep. And man, he's all like, he's, I, I strive to be as good of a friend as he, like, even just like Chad Johnson being like, oh, Coach Prime FaceTime me for my birthday. Yeah. It's like, man, how's he on top of that? I, he has just a different bandwidth when it comes to a lot of things in life, football, relationships, yep. 
just being a good father. Parenting, yep. So he's amazing. It's pretty cool. What is going on? I don't know. There's a lot going on in the chat. Uh, what's up, David? If you're gonna, uh, if you're in there talking shit, and I don't mean that in a negative way, just like to each other, hit a thumbs up while you're at it. Yeah, hit the thumbs up button. Also, subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Subscribe to the DMVR YouTube channel as well. Shout out to our good friends over at Snarfs. Uh, probably the best sandwiches in Colorado. There's a lot of places you can go out here, but Snarfs is kind of top of the list. They also have Snarf Burgers, so they got you covered um, in that department as well. They got 26 locations across Colorado. You can check them out in Denver. Uh, if you're up in Boulder as well, they're out there. They're just delicious. They get it done. They're local. They're the best. We love Snarfs. Also, a huge shout-out to Game Time, the absolute best place to go if you are looking for last-minute tickets. Sign up uh, by downloading the Game Time app. Use the code B-U-F-F-S, that's Buffs, when you sign up to get $20 off your first order. And a big shout-out to, um, on Twitter, Scobuffs-LA-Born, who tweeted at us yesterday and said, took the family to see the Buffs dominate yeah. Stanford today. What a game, what a crowd, what an experience. Thanks again, game time, for the great seats. Sco Buffs, and they even got to meet Shalomai uh, at the game yesterday. So if you want to do something like that, Use game time. And by the way, speaking of the Buffs dominating Stanford, of course, talking about the women's basketball team, up to number three in the country, Jake, after a dominant win over Stanford, who was number eight. And next on the agenda, Friday night, UCLA, number five. Top five matchup, number three versus number five in Boulder. Let's sell that thing out. I saw a stat. Someone said this is the first NCAA uh, women's college basketball top five game since like a tournament the game tournament last year. Last year, final four. Yeah. Pretty crazy. So pretty high level stuff. They are balling. Uh, CU men's played pretty well against USC on Saturday as well. Yeah. A um, little scary there. Yeah. Kind of a tale of two halves. Yes. I have but to say, I knew back. they were going to win or I was confident they were going to win. They're down 13 in the first half. I opened up my DraftKings Sportsbook app. I'm like, I'm going to get great value on the buffs to come back and pull this win off. They're like plus 124. I was like, oh, DraftKings knows. DraftKings knows they're coming back to win this. Mm -hmm. And they did. Uh, as I tweeted, I felt like that was a season saver. You lose that game at home, four-game losing streak, and back-to-back -back losses against bad teams, it would have been really tough to dig yourself out of that hole. But, you know, a lot of people were at Tad's throat at halftime of that game. I think the second half was a moment where you can look and say, hopefully look back and say, okay, that's when it started to click for them with Tad as it relates to his emphasis on defensive effort. They gave up 21 points in the second half uh, and were all over just swarming on defense, and it made a huge difference. It really is the reason they won that game. Mm -hmm. Also held Brownie to 0 of 7. Yeah, rough first start for Bronny, man. Yeah, not great. All right, let's get to Jedfish. Let's go. Everything <laughs> is, uh, what, what's the line from, from Star Wars? Everything is proceeding as I have predicted <laughs> yeah, or something, something like, like that. that yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's headed off to Washington, and now... You know, the Nick Saban effect is just running through college football right now, that ripple effect from his retirement. 
this is the next step. And this immediately weakens one of, if not the best team coming into the Big 12 this next year. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we now are hoping for Noah Fafita and Tedero McMillan to uh, also say goodbye to the Big 12 conference. Yep. Um, because, you know, I, I would put Shador and maybe Will Shepard up there as uh, arguably the best quarterback wide receiver duo, but be hard to go against Fafita and McMillan just because we've already seen them do it at an incredibly high level. Yeah. Uh, and that doesn't mean like I would take Shador over uh, Fafita all day long, but as a combo, those two are both yep. incredible, like elite. Um, so you hope that they're out next. Uh, it sounds like there's kind of an internal push from the players to hire the defensive coordinator there, Danson. Yeah. Uh, and the rumor is that the, like the big players have vouched avowed, uh, if you hire him, we'll stay. Mm -hmm. Rarely do I think that's the right thing to do is kind of listen to the players on something like this because right. you're making what you hope is a 10 year decision. Yep. I don't know if Arizona's ever going to have a better roster than they have right now. No. So they might want to make the move that holds the, uh, the team together, but, uh, I was uh, happy from a Colorado fan standpoint to see Jed Fish leave the conference. Washington players have flocked to the portal like crazy already, too. We'll see what happens in Arizona. This year was their best season in like 20 years or something like mm -hmm. that. Um, so a bit of anomaly in that regard. But, man, this is a team who, as you said, probably the best quarterback wide receiver combo entering the Big 12 just based on last year. They were probably going to be a preseason top 15 team. Yeah, and I would say McMillan's arguably the best receiver in the country He's starting such a next dog. season. He's unreal. Yeah. So at least right up there. We'll see what happens in Arizona, though. Uh, some players have already entered the portal. Uh, their running back, Jonah Coleman's already entered the transfer portal today. And I'm sure there will be plenty of fallout as we move forward through this. Um, and then who knows if they hire someone else. I mean, I've seen the San Jose State coach's name being thrown out there, too. Uh, so they could get uh, another team to open a portal window, which is just it's the best thing for this team. Yeah, as we kind of go down the list, it becomes less and less likely that Colorado would want sure. players. But every every school has a couple guys, right? Yeah. Um, so. I told you, funniest possible outcome is Arizona hires Jay Norvell. <laughs> that uh, would be incredible. And then, uh, you know, CSU goes down the same road that Washington went. And it's kind of funny watching the Washington fans show, um, what's the word? Like, uh, they felt bad. Compassion? Yeah, compassion towards the Arizona fans because they literally just went through the same thing. They yep. were, you know, they were just got done talking about how much they hate Kalen DeBoer and they're like, Oh, we got a new coach. Cool. And then they're like, Oh man, poor Arizona. Now they feel just like we did. Yeah. Uh, I was reading a lot of comment sections that had kind of that, uh, that whole, uh, vibe to it. It uh -huh. was interesting. Yeah. Just a very interesting process there. Uh, the team meeting and how it was announced, uh, kind of made some waves, but it's college football. Yep. You, there's no, comfortable way to have those meetings and, and no matter what you do you end up getting cooked for it yeah did um, you listen to the kalen DeBoer 
meeting. Yeah. Yeah. It. I mean, there's not much for me. There's not much to say. It's hard. It's a hard thing to do. Yeah, it is. And I don't know, man. I I thought uh, Coach Prime handled it pretty well, leaving Jackson State. He did. Yeah. Um, but no matter what you do, people are gonna hate on it. Uh, and it's kind of a tough thing. Like I remember, I want to say, man, I can't remember. I think a coach was leaving Pitt for ASU. Um, Graham, I forget his name. Todd Graham, I think he left Pitt for ASU, if I'm correct. Okay. Uh, and it was like he sent out like a, a team-wide text message, uh, right. and he got cooked for that. But it's like when you're Jed Fish and you have a meeting and it's three minutes long, you get cooked for that. And it's like, well, what did you want him to do? Have like a Q and a session afterwards. <laughs> yeah. But I think actually that isn't, I think that's actually what coach prime did. Yeah. Like he kind of gave everyone a chance to speak their mind. Um, it's just a, it's a bad situation. You know, you say a lot of things you, you have to say a lot of things as a coach. Um, you have to say you're, you're staying, you have to say, you know, each, each job you go to is a dream job. Or else you can't recruit. You know, college football is probably the worst when it comes to this because the coaches are ha are, are lying constantly. I'm I'm not gonna say they have to lie, they kind of do, but everyone has the option. Um, and so then when you leave, everyone's just pointing out all the things you said that weren't true. Of course, Jed Fish was on uh, Jim Rome a week ago, basically saying it was just semantics that they were trying to figure out in the contract for an extension. Well, that was before Nick Saban retired. Right. So now he gets called a hypocrite and all these things. And it's like, I don't know, man, He's probably doubling his salary. Um, yeah. He got a seven year contract, uh, which isn't even legal in the state of Arizona for them to give a state employee a seven year contract. So Co Coach Prime said it best. You either get elevated or you get terminated. When you have a chance to get elevated, it's not a, the worst idea to take it. Not to mention whatever money issues Arizona is facing. Like they did just get into the Big 12. They are kind of established for the near future here, but... You can go to Washington, get a raise, like you said, get this massive deal, coach at a better university, probably have a better football team in terms of talent, maybe not in wins and losses, but I don't know. It, it's just how it works, man. If I'm him, I wouldn't have taken the job unless I got uh, assurances from Fafita and McMillan that they were coming with me. Now, that's easy to say when you're, but like he would, it, it's rare to get a big raise like that and go to a worse roster. Yes. If those two guys don't come with him, that's what's happening. Well, and so they, when DeBoer was there, they got Will Rogers in the portal, mm -hmm. the grad transfer from Mississippi State. He was at the Natty, in uniform, on the sideline. You can either say, like, he got screwed by Kalen DeBoer, or you can say he finessed his way into some great tickets to the national championship. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> but this is just college football, and this is, I think, we talked about this last week, just how the, cal uh, the calendar of college football just kind of makes these things somewhat cut and dry and ruthless. Uh, Jedfish, if he's going to take this job, he's got to go. Like, Washington just had a massive exodus in the portal because DeBoer left. So he's got to worry about retaining that roster now, maybe getting some of his best players from Arizona to follow him over, and then try and go dig back into the portal to patch up what he can at this point. There's recruits decommitting who just signed a few weeks ago in the 2024 class. Like, it's just the nature of the college football calendar. And, yeah. you know, it would be, I guess, I don't know what the word is. It'd be nicer if coaches were able to, you know, tell the team and all this stuff before it got to the media. But in this day and age and just how the calendar works out, it's nearly impossible. 
Yeah, and, and Connor's in there in the chat today. Uh, so can you scroll up a little bit? He said, this is not normal. Now when you buy a coach, you're also buying a roster. Let's not normalize this. Uh, I kind of agree. Um, but it, it, it is the nature of the business. But it is weird. It's certainly weird. I remember like being a kid being like, what if you could just trade your whole team to another? <laughs> like, yeah. you know, like what if the Broncos traded their whole team to the Colts to get like Peyton Manning? You know, like that's essentially what's happening now. Yeah. Uh, and obviously CU benefited from it greatly last year. Um, but it's it's pretty messy. It's pretty messy. And I we're kind of in this like constant struggle between what's best for student athletes and what's best for college football. And those things don't line up because what's best for student athletes is to allow them to make the best decision for them. And it's gone as far down that road as we possibly can now. Right. You can just transfer at will basically whenever you want. I know mm -hmm. I'm, sim I'm simplifying that, but that's essentially what, what it is now. That's the right thing for student athletes. It's the wrong thing for college football. It, it, it's imagine any other sport. If players could just leave and go to another team willy nilly uh, without any like salary cap or any sort of implications at all. So those two things are rarely lining up as much as I love college football. The human side of me always comes back to what's best for the student athletes is the right decision. Um, but it, it, it's weird. It's weird. And uh, it, it makes for some very disappointing kind of moments for different teams. Um, you know, if Coach Prime were to leave this offseason, which obviously he's not going to do, but we would be gutted just the way these other teams are because it's just like exactly what he said. You don't, you're not just losing your coach. You're losing no. your whole roster, all of your best players, everything. Um, so maybe Arizona is able to hold this one together, but – it hasn't happened anywhere else yet. Yeah. This whole thing might not be done. Uh, Harbaugh's interviewing with the Chargers. So if Michigan opens up, man. Come on. I Sorry. Mean, it is what it is. But Michigan opens up. They're probably going to hire someone else. Oh, yeah. Big, a big name. Yeah. Like, this isn't done. Man. Cause yeah, I just kept thinking like, okay, now Arizona's gonna hire someone probably a little bit lower. They'll only have a couple, you know, right? Great players on their roster most likely, and then after that, it's probably done. If Michigan opens up, we st we restart the cycle all over again mm -hmm. because Michigan is going to hire Brian Kelly or something, right? And exactly. And then LSU's roster is exactly. open, and then LSU's gonna go big again. Yeah. Oh man, this this could go the whole off season. Yep. A combination of a Titan and Nick Saban retiring and someone who just won the national championship leaving just creates mayhem in college football. Yep. So uh, buckle in, man. All right. Uh, Coach Riz was also introduced in the team meeting. He said the thing he does best is bringing dogs. <laughs> Hell yeah. And he's been working. Yeah. I mean, that's what he does. <laughs> Try to tell people from day one. So I don't know if this one was too associated with him, um, but there was five really uh, big-time offers that came out or big-time recruiting news um, items that we got to address here. TJ Latif put out a top seven. This is one of the top quarterbacks in the 2025 class, 237th overall player out of Orange, California, plays at Orange Lutheran High School. 
His top seven, Auburn, Arizona, Georgia, FSU, Texas A&M, Ole Miss, and Colorado. I feel like he came to a game this weekend. Must have been unofficially, but I remember the name for sure. Okay. And then four top 100 players in the 2025 recruiting class have been offered or re-offered by Colorado over the weekends. This is where we think Coach Riz put in work. We start with, uh, this one came out today, Micah DeBose out of Mobile, Alabama, 2025 four-star offensive tackle, 26th overall player in the class, fourth overall offensive tackle out of CF Vigor High School, Mobile, Alabama, 6'5", 315 is what he's listed at. Then Dallas Golden, one of the top safeties in the 2025 class, 100th overall player out of Tampa, Florida, plays at Berkeley Prep, six foot 176. Uh, Lincoln Cure, one of the top tight ends, the second overall tight end in the 2025 recruiting class, 40th overall player out of Goodland High School in Goodland, Kansas, 6'6", 215. And then the big one is Jamie French with two Fs, (laughs) younger brother of Maurice French, who was a dog at Pitt. I don't know if you remember watching him at all. I actually don't. He set, I think, a school record for receptions. I can't say I've watched much Pitt football in my life. Ah, they're a pretty solid team to watch. (laughs) No? I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm just saying, like, Northeast football doesn't move me. (laughs) Either way, Jamie French uh, just decommitted from Alabama. Uh, with the Saban news, 11th overall player, third wide receiver in the 2025 class out of Mandarin High School in Jacksonville, Florida, 6'1", 185. Coach Riz going after the best, the very best recruits in the 2025 class. Let's go. He's got but that. Colorado can't recruit, RK. Oh, God, don't get me started, <laughs> please. Um, Yeah, Coach Riz, they, uh, he puts the... Puts the Riz in charisma. He does. <laughs> That's about all I got today. All right. Well, uh, before we get into questions, I'm going to talk about this briefly. I haven't even seen people talking about it in the chat, so I don't even know if half the chat's going to know what's going on. There's so been I'm, some before the show. Okay. And stuff. I'm not going to get too deep into it, but obviously there was the PHNX Sun Devils graphic that came out. They put the coaches in tier rankings. They had Coach Prime in the C tier, which we obviously think is ridiculous. In fact, we tweeted it out from the Buffs account saying we thought that was ridiculous. That then um, spiraled into somehow our friend Adam Monster Tiger getting it in, getting into it with Mike Luke, who runs PHNX Wildcats, a totally different beat. Um, and all I'm going to say on it is this: one. Not going to try and police the opinions of people. Yes. It's not against the rules to have wrong opinions. Uh, And even though theirs is wrong, what can you do? I did have an issue with some of it. It was handled internally. That's all I'll say on that. And then the third thing I'll say is that talk to Adam and we are square with Adam. Yes. Um, Yeah. Only thing I'll say is that what you said about opinions. They all have them. So if someone says something, uh, whether associated with our company or not, because there's stuff that we get tagged in all the time that people want us to talk about, like, just know, like, we can talk about what we want. Yeah, totally. Everyone can. And uh, I, 
it's a little different for me, obviously. As, of course, as I'm higher up in the company, but like I just, all the people tagging you, I'm like, when Stephen A. Smith has a bad opinion that you yeah. disagree with, do you tag Scott Van Pelt? Exactly. And be like, what's going on here? Is this your boy? Like, <laughs> what do you want me to do? Yeah. So, uh, it, it was uh, it was crazy. Uh, obviously, it was mostly between Adam and Mike, and that's why I was just like, okay, well, they're gonna have to deal with that as men. Right. Uh, I'll take up the part that I have an issue with from a company perspective, and make sure we're good with Adam. I had a great conversation with Adam. And I mean, it's that was some classic uh, internet drama. Welcome to 2024, I guess. But not having Coach Prime in A tier, B tier, maybe C tier was absolutely wild. Disrespect. Yeah, total disrespect. And then the one, the part that I had the biggest issue with, just because it came from PHNX Sun Devils. Is that Coach Prime, who had a better record and a head-to-head win over him, yes. was somehow ranked below Kenny yes. Dillingham? I was like, all right, now we know you're, we know what you're doing here. We know what you're doing here. But yeah, uh, yeah it happens. It was whatever. It's it's in the past. It's in the past. Half of what was going on, we didn't even understand. No, which is why I was also kind of blown away when people are getting like angry at us. Like, what do you want us to I do? Know. And like, I'm not gonna go out there on Twitter and like go after people in the company. Like, that's not how you operate a company. It's lose-lose for us. Yes. It's either someone in the company or someone we actually, we don't work with them, but we work very close with them. We see them a lot. Yes. So. Okay, let's move on. From okay. <laughs> Questions. One more. Oh, yeah. I mean, I guess I'm sure it'll or come what do up. You in the, no, it's going to come up in the questions. Okay. So we'll get to it. Uh, Sourdew says, guys, who's going to take on the DC role if they can't bring their guys? Coach Prime said so himself. Um so, yeah, what he's referring to here is Coach Prime in the staff meeting essentially said, uh, I want to hire a DC, but I want them to work with you guys uh, because I think you all have done a great job, which is different than uh, normal, mm -hmm. right? Uh, a lot of times if you're hiring a new coordinator, you're going to allow them to bring in whoever they see fit. Uh, maybe not a full staff change, but definitely say, okay, well, if you have a linebackers coach you like or a D-line coach you like, you could bring them with you. Um, it's a little different in this scenario, but in the end, I think the opportunity to work with Coach Prime uh, and be you know, in his circle and on his staff is going to be worth it to a very worthy candidate. Um, regardless of if the of the staff, and there is probably going to be a little bit of a uh, of room for that person to bring some people mm -hmm. uh, that they want to bring. J just Coach Prime's got us. I don't yeah. know what else to say. It's good. That should be on a shirt. Uh, buffs for BCS. Y'all worried about potential friction between Prime and the administration over the rumored rejection of Warren Sapp by the school? Look, we've, this is why we've kind of been just like, I don't want to say hesitant, but there's a lot to work through with Coach Sapp. Yep. Uh, so this is what I was about to bring up, and then I said it's definitely coming up in the, in the comments. Um, to be honest, I, haven't, I hadn't heard about this until shortly before the show. Um, the USA Today article that kind of came out about this uh, with a spokesperson for the school essentially saying like it hasn't even been discussed uh, about adding Warren Sapp as a coach, which I found that to be perplexing. Mm -hmm. um, 
I think you said it best though. There's always been layers to this and, and hurdles that were going to have to be cleared um, before Warren Sapp joined the staff. Uh, you can read the article to get into you know wh exactly why. Um, but no, I, I don't know. I, I to the answer the actual question, which is, do you think there's potential friction between Prime and the administration over this? No, not yet. Um, but we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. It's just a lot to work through. The guy needs to get a degree. He's got the stuff that got him fired from the NFL Network that is pro obviously going to come up. Yeah. So. We'll see. Colorado has history with this. Yes. Um, that they have to, you know, they have policies and things in place. So it's a, it's a very complex issue. Yeah. So we'll see. 5280 Ivan, when will the spring game be announced? Uh, I don't know. We don't know indeed. I can try and find out when I got the email last year, I guess. Um, oh, you're looking at last year's spring game as a guess? Yeah, so I got the email for when spring football start two days before it started on wow, March 17th. Oh, wow. Okay, well, I can one-up that. Uh, I was able to get a non-official look at what spring ball might look like. Uh, so since the people are so hungry, um, I think you will see the spring game in late April. Um, so during the portal can, window. And you can kind of uh, piece together when uh, when that might be. During the portal window? When does the portal close? Thirteenth through the, uh, 15th through the 30th. Yep. All right. 5280 Ivan again. What's the over-under on the guys we poach from Bama, Washington, and Arizona? I'd say smaller than most people think just because they've already – Done a lot of work in the portal. Not, two and a half. Yeah, it's not like they're bringing in 15 guys no, all of a sudden no, they from can't. these teams. I mean, they could, uh, but they're not going to. Right. It's, uh, yeah, give me, oh, oh, well, I'll set it at two and a half. What do you, you want the over or the under? I'll go under. Okay, I'll take the over. We have a whole spring portal, too. I don't think they're just trying to get as many bodies in right now no but i bet you they get two from alabama okay and one from arizona all right and they're working on other guys too yep oh yeah what's up david he says the cfb calendar needs to be separated from the academic calendar the they need a period for free agency after the whole cfb season ends couldn't agree more i don't even understand how the academic calendar plays a role in this because it's different everywhere yeah, I mean, it's just, look, my issue is I feel like you're penalized for being a better team almost. You're totally. a better team. You get a better bowl game, so you practice later. You play your bowl game later, and you just miss out on the whole first wave of college free agency or the transfer portal. Makes no sense to me. Yep. Pamela with the super chat. Uh, she says, I'm budgeting for two trips to Boulder, the spring game, and one other home game. Which one should I choose? Can't wait to tailgate, do Pearl Street, Buff Walk. Okay, let me just say this. Now, <laughs> I don't know what your schedule looks like, but if you're going to make two trips, I say do two home games and and cut out the spring game. 
Um, the spring game was, was really cool last year. It's the first time it was kind of a big deal. Right. Um, but the atmosphere doesn't even touch uh, the atmosphere of uh, an actual home game. So I would say uh, I would say try and make it to two home games. That being said, if you can only pick one home game, which ooh, where do you go? So both of the rivalry games so are out got- this year. We've got Utah, Baylor, Oklahoma State, Kansas State, and Cincinnati. Hmm. I would pick Oklahoma State or Kansas State. And I I guess the North Dakota State game, the first game, too. Oh, yeah. Well, that's a good option. Weather's going to be... It's obviously going to be hot. Uh, it's the only one that we know the date of so far. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that that's, that's a good option. Although, I would say go North Dakota State and then one other one. Yeah. For me, it'd be between Kansas State and Oklahoma State. Maybe Utah as well. Nah, none of that old stuff. All right. (laughs) Also, I gave you your sunflower seeds. He did. Just so. And I got to say, it's it's impressive to see the growth of a man so much over the course of one weekend. Not only (laughs) did he bring me two bags of unopened sunflower seeds, but... He found the mercy in his heart <laughs> to say, I'm not going to finish this bag of hatch green chili sunflower seeds, which I know RK would love. I'm going to save some of them and give them to him. And man, to go from taking all the sunflower seeds for myself. You are here, bro. To, I'm going to share my favorite flavor with RK is remarkable, man. Everyone should strive to have that sort of personal growth. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm not as bad as some people make me out to be. <laughs> That's all I'll say. The media is Whatever, attacking Alyssa. your character, bro. Whatever. I still haven't got my illegal Pete's, by the way. The NFL always thinks they can just move these games into the middle of the day and like won't kill the aura. This is like all the playoff vibes have been removed from this yep. game. Yep. It reminds me of the COVID games. Like the random, what was it, Tuesday games or whatever yeah. it was. It's like we can't, we can't do this. But, I don't know. Go Bills. I have them in my playoff pool. All right. I'm 3-1 and one so far. Uh, Travis is asking our early O-line starting five predictions. I'll give you one. Seton, left tackle. Um, Johnson. Johnson, left guard. Tyler Brown at center. Mm-hmm. I'm blank. Oh, uh, Justin, Justin Mayers. M- Mayers or Myers at right guard. Not yet on the team at right tackle. Love it. Love it. There you go. Just going to leave it there. That's a that's as good of a hint as we've dropped in a while. It is. Throw it up. I'm Heaven's Demon says, Jake doesn't get enough love. More seeds for Jake. Thank you, man. Someone has my back. Jake just uh, always playing seeds. <laughs> and, the, and the people love you for it. I'm a long-term guy. Yeah. Water them seeds. <laughs> uh, someone asked, will you guys be tailgating at the UCF game? Most likely. If, if, my, if my dreams come true, we will be. Let's go. That one would be, that one would be lit. Um, am I actually attending the Pearl Street Stampede this season? <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. Come that's on, when, bro. That's when we do the pregame show. We go straight from the pregame show to the Stampede. 
if we can figure out a time for the pregame show and get it all situated and figured out and done with. This year's going to be different. Okay. This year's going to be different. Um, Tyler Brown has not played center. He is working at it right now, though. There you go. Um, who's the last one? You can wait and see. <laughs> Hopefully. No updates on Bishop. Was there any good... Uh any good like I, I I'm not the I'm not the roll call type, but was there a good view of the room where people could go through and check off the people they're looking for? Not really. Okay. Not really. Because I hear a bunch of people saying, "I didn't see this person. I didn't see that person. I didn't see this person." And I'm like, "Well, was there a view of everyone?" The only people who I can, who I feel like I can confidently say weren't there were Shador, Shiloh, and Travis. Yes. And. To anyone who thinks that that's problematic, you're wrong. It, this is what happens when you're the best players on the team. I think Travis was there. Was he? I, I just figured we would have seen him if he was. Yeah. Shador uh, and Shiloh, I can say for sure we're not there, and it yeah. does not matter. Uh, grad transfers, guys who still need to graduate, obviously weren't there. Um, the video came out, was Friday or Saturday, Saw uh, Chidoze Nwankwo. Um, I'm pretty sure we saw Quincy Wiggins in that video. A few of the all linemen, Justin Mayers, I know was there. We've got speculation over Savelle Smalls sitting with the offense. Now there's an option at tight end. I mean, maybe, but Coach Prime was also like letting people know, like, okay, here's where. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So we'll but see. But I, I like this type of internet sleuthing. Um, <laughs> the Buffs did once have, I think he was actually a high four star. Uh, his name was Nick Casa. He originally committed to Florida, mm -hmm. uh, went out there from Colorado, didn't pan out there, came back, didn't, still didn't pan out at edge for Colorado, but he was so big and so athletic that they were like, let's try him at tight end. He had like one of the best tight end seasons in a while for CU. So I have no idea if that's happening, <laughs> but if it does, I'll be excited about it. People are saying Travis was there. Just wasn't in the video I watched then. Watched the video from today. Haven't been able to watch yet. Um. All right. Let's go watch this playoff game. Let's go watch this playoff game and have a meeting about some exciting new content. Let's do it, man. We'll be back tomorrow, chat. We'll see you guys then. Let's go Buffs. Let's go Buffs. We all silly like the mayor.